well, well. Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning, Scotty. What's the matter? Oh, oh, right, Scotty. I forgot we're doing this podcast. It's I Deliver Live, episode forty-nine. I'm supposed to loosen the the rope on the burlap sack that I've covered your head with, so that you can speak. Good morning, Scotty. Good morning, John. Thank you for letting me out. I was starting to get a bit hot in there. We thought that we could slip this one under the radar since it's a holiday in most parts of the civilized world. But uh, speaking of civilization, do you know that we have a guest? I invited a guest for our show today. You Would did, you like? You did, John. I, I like d- it when you invite guests because it means I can I, I can sit back and enjoy and just let you do all the hard work, and I'll make all the sort of inane, stupid comments that's normally your job, and and it's just fun and relaxing for me then. Okay, well, so I'm going to introduce our guest. Our guest is Randy. I, I think I know how to pronounce that first part, but we're not so certain about the, his, his, his last name, his surname, his family name. I think it's, I think it's Luke, I am your father. Is that right? Uh, it's Lukey. Lukey. Because I am so Lukey. I, I am Lukey. Lukey of me. Look at these things I do. <laughs> okay, why don't you actually give us your real name and tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, my name is Randy Lukey. Um, I'm a student at the University of Kentucky. I'm 21 years old. Uh, I'm a core team member for the Cappuccino Web Framework Project. Um, and I recently launched an iPad app called BugHub. Aha. Uh-huh. So we know these a couple of things about you. But what we, our listening audience would also like to know is, is why on earth did John invite this young man onto, onto <laughs> these these this program that, that captures the attention of so many people. And this, this is my thinking for this. Um, I think in recent episodes, we've been talking a lot about, about different pathways that us indie developers can, can take uh, in order to have the indie life that we like to have. And uh, part of the theme that has come up in, in these rep- recent episodes is that it's becoming less important where you are specifically. Because, you know, back four or five years ago, actually, was it that long ago? When did you start Mac De- uh, Late Night Cocoa and... and that was a number of years ago, was it not, Scotty? I started Late Night Cocoa January the 7th, 2007. Right. And so back then, you were almost kind of like a lone, a lone voice pinging away through the, the, the ether, bringing light and inspiration to all these people who are working with what, with what was at that time a kind of, you know, uh, let's say, uh, newish technology or, or unknown to a lot of people. And you were the only resource there. You were scratching your own ish. You said, there's nobody talking about this stuff. I came from the Windows world, and I wanted to bring this light to the dark places. And uh, we've seen a number of interesting software products and projects from places that we don't normally expect to find them. And Andy is somebody who I met, I guess, for the, for the first and only time last year at, at CapCon, although I had known him from, from the Cappuccino developer mailing list. And I was shocked to realize that at the time, he was only 14 years old. And he grew up seven years in just a a matter of one year, but he is a student. And because I follow him on Twitter, I'm always kind of noticing these semi-angry tweets that he makes about his computer science courses. And and I figured that he might not be the only person in the world that 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 has this this kind of situation where he's somewhere kind of a little bit off the beaten path, but yet he seems to have done very, very well for himself, setting himself up for for what looks to be a very interesting career. So we want to talk a little bit about that kind of a you know uh, uh, background for, for for people who may be students. We want to talk about contributing to open source products, and we also want to talk about his app, a bug hub. So that's that's what we're going to be talking about. How about that? That so, sounds great to me, John. I, I'm, I'm just going to let you get on with it. Okay. So, Mr. Randy, can I call you Mr. Randy? Go for it. Okay. So, you live in, in, in Kentucky. Now, was it in Louisville? 
how do you pronounce how do you pronounce the town where you live? Um, I don't live in Louisville, uh, but it's pronounced Louisville. I live in Lexington. Ah, okay. Why did I think? Uh, okay, so and then Lexington, the home of the great Ross Carter. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that. Do you know who Ross Carter is? I have no idea who Ross he is Carter the, is. He is the most famous thing out of Lexington, obviously. Other than Randy. <laughs> Other than Randy, no. Ross Carter uh, is an expert on whiskey and Unicode. And there's no correlation between the two. Now, he gave a, a fantastic talk on both <laughs> topics at, at, at the past two NS conferences. In fact, he was so good at, in, in talking about how to set up a whiskey collection and how to drink whiskey and how to understand the differences between whiskey that, 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 uh, that Scotty said, well, then that should qualify you to come back and talk about Unicode. Yeah, our our, our entry qualifications to speak at NS conference do not bear any relevance to your technical ability. <laughs> No, he's he's a fine and wonderful man. So, see, now already we will have made your life better because somehow we'll organize an introduction because you guys are both in the same place. And so you go to the University of Kentucky, which is in Lexington. Is that correct? Right. Okay. And so when I think uh, computer science, I tend to think of, of places like USC or, or Stanford or, or MIT. Or, um, but I don't necessarily think University of Kentucky. That doesn't mean that I that, that it's not a good one there, it's just it wouldn't be on my radar, but you are indeed studying computer science there. How is that? Um, it's hard, I guess. It's, it's kind of painful sometimes. Um, you know, I go into a lot of classes and, uh, well, let, let me put it this way. When I started college, um, I wanted to get with like a group of people uh, that had similar interests as me, like learning outside of class, uh, maybe starting a company, something like that. And I never really found anyone like that. Um, and then when it comes to like the professors, um, most of the professors are just preparing the students to become like QA testers or something right, right outside of college. Um, and that doesn't really have much interest for me. So. And were you had this desire going into college, and when you got to college, did you find other kind of kindred souls, or did you find that you were the odd man out and everyone else was, was happy to, to get a QA tester job at the UPS center? Um, I mean, I guess most people are, are pretty content with just getting a QA tester job. Um, I, I did find one person, and it was like a small world thing, but uh, do you know Sam Sophus? Yes. So Sam Sophus went to high school in Louisville. Huh. And his best friend from high school uh, was a senior my freshman year. So we met up and we kind of like, I guess, mingled a little bit. Um, but after that, like when he left, there, I haven't really found anyone else. So that, that's really that's quite surprising. You, you, your whole, I mean, I don't know how, how big the computer science course is it's, um, uh, in your college, but it's, you know, that doesn't sound particularly inspiring to me. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I might have chosen a different college if I had to do it over again, but... But, but this is the, what I'm interested in, though. Okay, so there you are. You, you found yourself in school here, the, the kind of the, the, the person that you, that, that you kind of, your simpatico friend, um, he's gone off, right? And, and you find yourself in a position of wanting to start your own company, wanting to get much more out of, out of you know, the experience than was immediately available for you. And so you did what every good indie developer does. You go into your garage or, or your, your hovel, your closet, whatever, and you started writing some software. You, you wrote a time tracking software, right? Right. So I actually started, um, it was an application, it's called Timetable. It's still 
out there today uh, in Cappuccino. And I started this in high school. Um, and I guess I started over three times. Um, and I finally shipped it my first year of college. Um, and then that's really when I got really involved in Cappuccino. So I'd stay up till like three in the morning in my dorm room, uh, just hacking away, trying to learn different things or and finally get this product out. And it, this was a project that you you said you started over three times. So what were the technologies you first started with? Um, well, okay, so I first started, um, so I was like, I did websites on the side in high school just to kind of make a little extra money for like local businesses or organizations. And um, I finally got a client that asked me for invoices and no other client had ever done that. And I had like, so I, I started making invoices in like uh, pages and sending them off as PDFs. But when this client came back to me for like recurring things, uh, um, I decided I needed a little bit more powerful piece of software. Um, so instead of buying billings like everyone else does, I went and I wrote my own app. Uh, so I started it as a jQuery app. Um, and I realized very quickly that jQuery isn't really designed to scale to a desktop class application. Um, around that time was, I think it was JSConf, where Francisco Tomaski was introducing a new tool for Cappuccino called Atlas. And if you remember Atlas, um, it was pretty awesome. So when I saw that, I said, okay, well, I should really look into this Cappuccino stuff. Um, and that's kind of when I started getting into Cappuccino more. And you liked it so much, you decided to, to, to write CP table. <laughs> Tables right, table. yeah. So I, so I was writing an application called Timetable, and Cappuccino didn't have a table view. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, well, is someone else going to ever write this table view thing? Francisco's like, yeah, it's coming one day. Like, we'll, we'll hack on it at WWDC, get it you know, pretty much done. Um, he has a tendency to exaggerate a little bit. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near done, but uh, I'm writing an application called Timetable. I need tables. Um, the only thing that you can do is write your own table. So I wrote uh, the CP table view for Cappuccino. And it is actually quite awesome and is one of the, the stronger parts of the framework, no? I mean, I'm not trying to, to, to puff it, but it, it's, it seems quite performant. It does lots of different things. It supports bindings. I mean, if you are used to using you know, uh, NS table view, or UI table view, it's uh, it's a pretty similar experience. So, but but this this is an interesting thing. So here you are trying to 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 build an app. All for, this is almost like tracing back the steps. It's like that famous poem or something. All for the want of a of a, a horseshoe, right? Scotty, you're English. You should know this. No, isn't this a, a, an English thing? For a horseshoe nail, no. for want of a horseshoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the battle was lost. For one, the battle of the kingdom was lost. All for the want of a horseshoe nail. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't Something say like that's a phrase that we use every day, though. Maybe, yeah, well, maybe in 1576. Well, you know, I remember <laughs> 1576, but but that's. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody says you're you're doing work. They said I need an invoice. You can't do it in pages, so you decide to to write your own time tracking software for the web, and then you start doing it in jQuery. So that's not work. So you hear some, you see some great demo. You buy the demo. Um, and then you realize, sorry, there's no table view. You have to write it yourself. You write the table view, and it becomes quite good, and you build an app. Um, and what happens next? 
Um, I ship the app. Ship the app. <laughs> it's just that I simple, John. You know that. You ride it, you ship it. Life, life isn't that difficult. Only you seem to make it more hard, difficult than that. Right, okay. Yeah. So you ship the app, this app. So and you're walking the student union and somebody recognizes you. And it's like, oh my God, you are Mr. CP Table View. Did that happen? No, no, nothing like that. So actually, um, the, the guy I was telling you about before had heard of Cappuccino and uh, we were... Uh, we were we, we mingled about cappuccino a little bit, but um, my whole goal here was just to be like, okay, I want to ship a product, I want to start a company. Um, so uh, there's a small, I guess it's a company uh, here in Lexington that specializes in helping startups. Um, so I went and I uh, talked to them, kind of got some advice. They, they give free advice and stuff. Um, they invited me to come to like a pitch contest that they had, um, but basically, uh, I just talked to them a little bit about like what is what do I need to start a company. I decided to uh, make my company an LLC just to protect myself a little bit more. Um, probably wasn't necessary, but it's nice to have them right now. Um, and yeah, so I, I went in and I, I finally shipped the app and. Uh, and you know, that was the first the, stage of your rocket ride to fame. Is that correct? I suppose, yeah. And has it has it done enough? Done well enough to kind of pay for its upkeep and 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 keep running, or is it kind of more of a hey, I shipped a product thing? Um, yeah, I mean, it pays for itself, so that's nice. Okay, and and then so this was you you finally shipped it. It was more than a year ago, right? Uh, yeah, it was like two years ago now. Two years ago. No, it's probably about a year and a half. Okay. And so from having done this, now this past summer, you were in sunny San Francisco slaving away, I mean, sorry, working away um, as an intern for a company called Inkling, correct? Right. Right. Now, how did you get that gig? Um, okay. So Inkling was using Cappuccino internally for an app. Um, and a guy named Scott Kyle came to me and would ask me questions about Cappuccino every once in a while. Um, and my first year of college, he asked me to come uh, to intern at Inkling uh, over the summer. And I turned him down because I took a summer class. Um, that was a mistake, but it happens. So, so I took wait, one second. What, what was the, so we can get, give you lots of SHIT. What was the summer class that you took that was more interesting than interning in San Francisco? It was Calculus 2. Okay. Oh my <laughs> word! You you really know how to torture yourself. <laughs> so calculus two is is kind of a a one of those subject matters that are probably learnable in, in a Khan Academy course. You know, targeting third graders. Is that correct? If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I took I took calc one uh, twice my first year of college and. Uh, I failed it the first time, or I got a D the first time, which is a failing grade here. Um, so I I just wanted to make sure I was caught up in all my classes and everything, so I decided to take it over the summer instead. Okay. Um, but anyway, so uh, I turned him down, and I knew the next summer uh, that I wanted to go to San Francisco. I wanted to go to San Francisco anyway. Um, so... I had connections with another guy who was at Inkling. Scott Kyle had left Inkling. Um, and I basically asked him, like, hey, are you looking for any interns? And he was like, yeah, that might be fun. So, like, 
a few emails later, some phone calls, and they give me an offer. Um, so I, I went to the Inkling for the summer. It was fun. Now for this thing, now for this internship, so this happened because you knew somebody. And, and but the important thing is that you kind of set yourself up as a as an expert, so to speak, on on this technology that was useful to someone else. Because had you not done this, kind of, do you think somebody would have contacted you out of the blue saying, "Hello, Mister Randy Lukey Luke, um, please come intern for us"? So I think Cappuccino has really helped me uh, get my name out there. Um, I didn't do much cappuccino work inside of Inkling because the tool that they're using, they're kind of fading out in favor of a new uh, tool, which they announced already. It's a, it's a piece of publishing software for publishers to use to build uh, digital textbooks. Um, so I actually worked on – sorry, I actually worked – on building a store at Inkling, um, and I didn't do like much cappuccino work at all. But in, but it, not to say that it doesn't matter just because it doesn't matter. But 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 language or specific API thing is not really what what matters, does it? I mean, it's the fact that you prove that you can do something and you have the ability to switch from one to another. That in itself is considered a plus, is it not? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Um, they. I mean, they definitely there was a, it was there was a technical interview part of it. Um, I guess I had to prove that I knew JavaScript. Um, so, did they uh, did they make you write out a sorting algorithm on a whiteboard? <laughs> I, they didn't make me write anything out on a whiteboard, which was nice. Um, I did implement a gradient, uh, quote unquote, class. That's what they use, but I, I hate the word class in JavaScript. Um, they they wrote they they asked me to write like a JavaScript class using nothing but layered divs and just changing the color of each div um, by like you know one color each time something highly performant and easy to maintain right <laughs> um, I guess it was easy to maintain I don't really know why you would ever want to use it or maintain it but yeah sure okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, and then the you know for these these type of internships, do they? I, I assume they're not paid, or are they? I mean, they pay me to cover your expenses or, or whatnot. And by the uh, way, yeah. if I'm asking things that I'm not allowed to to know the answer to, you can just say uh, I can't tell you that, John. <laughs> uh, it was paid. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. And so then that then you come back from the summer and and you kind of hanging out in the student union. Your 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 colleagues are saying, so how was your summer? It's like, oh well, I was just off in San Francisco uh, interning at Inkling. What would what would be some of the other uh, summer activities that your your friends and colleagues had undertaken? Um, I mean, I guess they all had summer jobs if they weren't interning uh, on their own. But most of them were just working like regular jobs. Um, a few people also like uh, Lexmark. If you, I don't, I don't know how popular Lexmark is outside of Kentucky, but you know what Lexmark is? Yeah, they make printers, don't they? Right. So Lexmark is founded in Lexington. Um, so they hire a bunch of people. There's a Dell here um, that hires a bunch of people, and then there's also an HP here that hires a bunch of people. Um, so a lot of people went to go work at like HP, Dell, or Lexmark here. Um, General Motors in Louisville. I know a guy that uh, worked as some type of product manager intern or something there. Uh, uh, so you know, people did that, or they just worked you know, the regular summer job that you would in high school. And do you think the, the interview question at a place like Lexmark is, I, I have a piece of charcoal, some talcum powder, make me a toner, and print me 1,000 pages? <laughs> I really don't have any idea what the, uh, 
what the interview process is like at something like Lexmark or HP, but uh, okay, I don't so, know. I've never, so, I've never applied there. Okay, so by by this point, you have have completed two years of of your CS undergrad degree. You've shipped a product. You've interned in San Francisco, and what would be a typical course assignment for you? Um, a course assignment like in school? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. What have I done this year? Um, okay, so this this is great. So I had a web programming class uh, last semester. Um, and I took it basically for the easy A, which was a mistake because it wasn't an easy A because um, everything had to run in Firefox 3. And Firefox 3 doesn't support any of the new ECMAScript 5 stuff in JavaScript or any or, or a lot of the new HTML5 features. Um, maybe none of them. I don't I don't really know where Firefox 3 stands. I guess it supports Canvas. Um, so like I would go in there and I did like a like a query selector all on some on some like HTML to to go and like add some JavaScript to the page or like to add some dynamic functionality to the page and it didn't work and I didn't think to test it in Firefox three I only tested it in like Firefox fourteen or whatever we're at right now uh, and I go and submit it and he's like this doesn't work at all you get a forty forty um, yeah like out, a forty percent oh okay out of a hundred yeah oh, wow so it's like uh, classes like that are very frustrating because it's like I I know what I'm doing here and the fact that I'm being penalized for using a piece of software that's five years old is pretty sad. So, now, so did, did I have to use Firefox three because that was part of the you know, direct challenge that the lecturers uh, you wanted to to set you, or did you have to use Firefox three because in Kentucky that's still the standard? Um, so every computer in the university has Firefox three installed on it. Like every every campus computer has Firefox three installed on it. Um, it never gets updated. So I guess it's the standard. So when the instructor sits down to like grade the assignments on a university computer, he's using the latest, his version of Firefox, which is Firefox 3. That, that's scary, you know, training our computer scientists of tomorrow with the out-of-date technology. Now, lest we think that we're, we're ganging up on poor, poor Randy's school, I don't think this is completely, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of far afield from what exists in, in other places. Didn't I see some pieces running that they were completely revamping the computer science offerings at, at British universities? Oh, yeah, but I expect Britain to be about 20 years out of date. <laughs> uh, okay. my, my, my son was doing a computer science at um, uh, A-level, uh, which is our sort of education level for people between 16 and 18 finish high school at 16 then you move on to this next stage um and he took computer science this was in nine uh, 2000 and um, probably around 2010 and the the standard uk curriculum for computer science at that level is using visual basic six ouch which was deprecated in 1999 so it was defecated? Oh, sorry, defecated. Yeah, well, he was defecated for his entire life, but there we are. So, no, the British system is, is, no, is, is no better. But it's, it is scary, isn't it? I mean, and I think, you know, uh, yeah, Randy, you're going to end up with a decent degree, and, you know, I'm sure the, the quality of the degree that comes out of there is fine. But, you know, it seems to me that, especially in computer science, for people like Randy and, you know, in, in this age now of sort of small companies and startups that, 
you know, it's more than just the course they're offering. You know, if you're looking at college, you want to look at you know, who else is, goes to that college, what companies are around it. Am I going to, be able to do all this extracurricular stuff? Am I going to find all these people who just want to hack in a cafe every weekend? Uh, it's more than just the course, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. And is this something that you you had an inkling of, haha? You know, when when you started uh, school, that it would kind of be like this, or is this something that you kind of quickly discovered after the first semester that you'd have to make your way? Um, it was, I guess, it was after the first semester because the first semester um, I started in the second computer science class. I skipped the first one, and the second one, um, I think it's one of the best professors we have in the university was teaching it. Um, and he really and I and I took it as a night class because when I finally learned that like I don't need to be in this first computer science class I didn't have I didn't take a test the first the first time so um, and I think if I would have taken a test I'm not sure that I would have passed it because it was like can you write a program in C well probably not because I have never touched C before that first class um, so. I kind of wiggled my way through the cracks and got to uh, the second computer science class without ever having taken the first one or taking a test to get out of it. Um, and I learned a little bit, um, but overall, like I thought the quality of the teaching was really good. He taught the concepts to the people, um, and we built some really interesting software. So like, what he would do is... He would build like um, an interface in like whatever I don't I don't even remember what it was anymore. Um, but he would build like an interface out for you, and then he'd have like stubs, and, and you would fill in your code in certain stubs, and then you could add your own methods to your classes if you wanted to. Um, but anytime you pushed a button, it would automatically call like this code stub, and then you would make your program do something. So we built like a program that generated mosaics. And he built a way that abstracted out, like, loading in an image and then pulling out the pixel data and putting the pixel data into an array. Um, and then you went and you could, like, calculate, like, the RGB values of everything and figure out, like, how to build a mosaic. Um, you know, that's... He, he, yeah, he he made it pretty easy, and and that was those those type of assignments were very fun. And then I get into my next computer science class, and I was expecting it to be just as engaging and as fun. And it's like, um, this is Perl, and you need to go and you need to parse some of these HTTP headers, and you need to uh, write some HTML. Like this is this is this newfangled hypertext markup language here. <laughs> Um, make sure all of your attributes and all of your tag names are uppercase and don't include any quotes around the values in your attributes. And it's just like, oh my God. I, I I'm, not, I'm not even going to ask you how much you're paying for this education. <laughs> <laughs> but, this, but, but that's an interesting point. So the, now this is a, a public school, right? So right. hopefully the, the tuition is not insane. Well, you would hope. You would hope. Okay. Now... Uh, are you going to graduate with student loan debt? Uh, no. So my parents pretty much took care of all this before I went to college. Okay. So big round of applause for Randy's parents. Well done, Randy's parents. Thank you, Randy's parents. 
Yeah, because uh, my son's eight now, and, and and you know the way things are going, my 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 university education that I will bequeath him is is the URL for Wikipedia and a first generation <laughs> iPad, and he'll say, "Have a good time." Interesting. Okay, so then now, so you you've done this. You, you then you started working on the table view in, in Cappuccino. Now you also wrote the the GitHub Issues app, did you? Uh, so the Cappuccino version of it. Um, Ross Boucher and I uh, worked on it together, the first version. Um, and then Tom Robinson actually wrote the, the entire node server that powers the backend. It's just a simple proxy server. Um, but we kind of did that as a team project. Uh, I started it, and then Ross, um, well, 280 North at the time, uh, they were like, this would be a really cool application that we could demonstrate the power of Atlas with, and we could open source it and whatever. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Like I could use the help. Um, so we went in and we built the app um, and we released it and like it became so much more popular than Timetable. I was like, you know, I probably could have made some some good money if I would have sold it. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of how BugHub was born, actually. Ah, so that brings us to our new thing. So you started out writing, you know, JavaScript and kind of jQuery and, and DOM related stuff. Then you heard about this thing, Cappuccino. You do the Cappuccino, then you contribute to Cappuccino. And now you make this big switch from from writing web apps to iOS apps. Now, and I assume that that was a pretty simple transition for you. Yes? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Sure, because I think the biggest hurdle for most developers to get into Cocoa is Objective C, because it's just such a completely different language than what they're used to. Um, and learning Cocoa, um, and since since Cocoa Touch is basically Cocoa. Um, the transition wasn't very difficult. And so, what what prompted you to want to write this app? Is just that you know you were familiar with 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 GitHub and GitHub issues already. And you think, well, okay, well, I've written one client and one technology. Let's write another and another. Or was there something that you thought you could do better, different on on a touch device? Um, so I so if you remember at Capcom, I gave a demo of what I was working on for the next version of the Cappuccino app. Or maybe you don't remember. I think you were still hungover that day. Um, <laughs> Not at all true. Um, so uh, we kind of iterated on the design a little bit more. And I was like, you know, maybe this would look better as a Mac app. Because um, it started kind of like taking on looks like um, Mail.app and Lion. And then um, another version comes to me, and I'm like, okay, this has just got to be an iPad app because it looks so good on the iPad. Um, and it was like, I guess it doesn't necessarily make immediate sense. Like, I want to manage my GitHub issues on my iPad. Um, but for me, it was more of a, a learning experience. It was like, I need, I, I want to get into iOS development a little bit more, I want to learn more about iOS development. Um, so, like building GitHub issues was kind of the natural step. I had a beautiful interface, um, and I already had, you know, knowledge of how their API works and everything. So it just kind of made sense to build uh, an iOS app and like build a GitHub issues iOS app. And is so, this the sorry? Nice. So before you wrote the iOS app, had you been using Objective C uh, at all, or was it because because you've been writing in Cappuccino um, and obviously Objective? J, which is about as close as you're going to get, you were able to just transfer across and uh, almost everything came across, or you've done other stuff in between? Um, so before I started with Cappuccino, I had done just a little bit of 
Objective C. So I think I started Aaron Hillegas, um, whatever his book is. Um, I started it. I never finished it um, because timetable kind of took over that. Um, so I knew Objective C, and then as I'm working with Cappuccino, um, one of the things you have to do with Cappuccino is like, let's get this behavior exactly like it is in Cocoa. So you build. Like, if you have a table view and you're like, if I hover an item over, like, an outline view or whatever, um, like, how long do you have to hold the item over a node before an outline view expands or whatever? So, like, little subtle details like that are things that I was building in Cocoa a long time ago. It was never, like, a big app, but it was like, let's drag out a thing in Interface Builder, connect it, and then, like... Does it feel right? And so you and this is an interesting path. I mean, this is not the the, the first time I've heard somebody who had been using Objective J and and, and, and you know um, Cappuccino then moving over to. I mean, one of the, the guy from Pixar said that they'd started building their their kind of uh, time track, not their time track, their project management software, and they'd done it first in, in Cappuccino, and they realized that that if nothing else, when they connected up to a twenty seven inch monitor. Um, that they had so much surface area to cover so much time. It's just that a web app wasn't really capable of, of handling that amount of detail quickly. But then they said, all right, well, let's turn it into a, a Mac app. And they were able to, to, to reuse some of the classes. Um, they certainly, the, the developers had familiarity with it, with the API and they were able to, to move it over pretty successfully. Is there, is there any code that you would say that you had moved from from GitHub issues? Uh, you know, it's hard to say move, but kind of adapted, or did you absolutely start from scratch? Um, I, I pretty much started from scratch. Um, so GitHub was in the process of transitioning from version 2 of their API to version 3 when I started this. So I was like, I can't really use much of the existing API code. Um, but what I did learn from the Cappuccino app is it's kind of like, this is a really good way to kind of manage like the controllers and the models and the views. Like, um, like this, this is a really good architecture for building an iPad app and, and a lot of it carries over. So like, for example, there's a centralized um, GitHub issues controller. And that controller is what you call into basically every single time you make an API call. So what I found um, at Inkling, they use GitHub FI, um, which is now GitHub Enterprise. Um, so what I found with, like, when you have that centralized API controller, you can actually go in and change a lot of things very quickly. And then I was able to get GitHub issues running on GitHub FI um, in just a few hours. Wow, model view controller for the win, no? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And so you released GitHub issues not that long ago. It's only about a month or so old, or is it more? I'm sorry, uh, you know, yeah, BugHub. BugHub. So BugHub was released, I guess, in early March. So it's about a month old now. And when you released it, you were expecting that everything was going to work perfectly, but you, you ran into a little trouble, didn't you? Uh, yeah, so Apple um, rejected me twice, maybe three times. Uh, so the first time, I mean, I guess it was my fault. I was using a, a, a non-documented API. 
Um, so if you go into your iPhone and you go to you click edit on like an email or something or on on the list of emails and you select a bunch of them, you see that little red mm-hmm. uh, check mark across the left side. And I wanted it to be blue. So there's actually a method call where you can be like set multiple selection checkbox color. I think that's what it is. And I used it and I said, oh, yeah, and it was, it was horrible and Apple rejected me for it and, you know, whatever, my fault. But seriously, like, there's no reason for that to be private. Um, so I went in and I fixed it basically by overlaying an image on the checkbox all the time, which was kind of painful. And I was really angry when I wrote all the code. So there's a lot of profanity in the code. Um, <laughs> so I'll take it. It's, it's not <laughs> the source code for BugHub is not on GitHub. No, it's not. <laughs> Publicly, at least. Interesting. And, um, but then beside that, though, you released it. Now, okay, you said uh, you've had your first taste of wild success with, with uh, Time Tracker, uh, sorry, Timetable. And then now you 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 releasing this and you're figuring the world's beating a path to your do- door. And the natural place to evangelize with uh, this app is for people who, who work closely with GitHub. And then what happened? Um, okay, so I guess it was, so I had, I, I, had emailed uh, the CEO and the other two founders of GitHub um, before I launched the app, and I was like, "Can you take a look at the?" Well, I, I had actually emailed them several months before. And I was like, "I want you to beta test the app because I want you to use it." Um, because I was like, you know, if GitHub goes in and uses the app and says this is awesome, like they'll blog about it or whatever. Um, they never returned my email, so whatever. Um, I submit the app to the App Store and. I emailed them again, and I said, so I've submitted the app to the App Store. Here's the website for the app. Will you take a look? Let me know if there's anything you don't like about it, et cetera. And they came back, and they were like, just capitalize the H in GitHub, and it looks awesome. So it gets approved. Um, I send them another email um, when it finally gets approved, like three weeks after the original email, because every single submission takes one week to get approved. That's absurd. Um and I gave them like five promo codes and I said, here you go, like, please send these to your developers or whatever. Like, uh, let me know what you think of the app. And if you want to blog about it, I'll give you 15 more promo codes or whatever. And uh, they were like, all right, thanks. We've got some developers using it now. Um, and then I get some, some bug reports from some teams using it inside of GitHub, which is actually really neat to, to see someone inside of GitHub filing an issue on GitHub about your app that uses GitHub. That's some inception. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, but basically they weren't able to add any of their repos because they were all private organizations. Um, So I was able to work with them a little bit and we finally got this this new version out. Um, And I don't remember if it's in the last update um, but if it's not, then it will be on the App Store today because my app just went into review today. So um, they should be good. Nice. So you now this is your, your, your second major release, and now you're coming back to sunny San Francisco this summer, right? Yep. And w- y- one could say that you, you followed an interesting path. What's the name <laughs> of the company that you're going to work at? Um, ironically, it's called Path. Ah, interesting. And so what do you expect to be working on there? 
Um, so I don't know about that yet. Um, they kind of said I could do whatever I wanted. Um, so I was originally, uh, I guess, recruited, if that's the right word, by their only web developer. And I think he would really like me to work with him because he's their only web developer. Um, and one could imagine what I might do as a web developer at PATH. Mm. Um, but I was a little more interested at the time on working with the iOS app. Um, so I don't know. Like I think it might be interesting to work on the iOS app. But at the same time, I'm a lot more interested in building something uh, from scratch than I am maintaining something that's already shipped. Right. So, so things that you could speculate on about Path as a web developer um, kind of seem a little more interesting to me right now than working on Path for the iPhone. But then again, I mean, not to it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have this opportunity, and it will surely lead to something else. I mean, I think that's that's that unraveling all these things. And I hope this is not terribly dull for everyone. I find it really interesting just to be able to kind of look back and and see how these dots do connect, looking backwards, and and how you might see them connect looking forward. Now that you've had this experience, um, so that that keeps you through there. Then you'll have your final year. Um, your final year in computer science, and then you graduate, and then where do you do you expect to come out to the Bay Area, or are you going to create, uh, you know, to, to, to turn uh, Lexington into Lapsterdam? Um, so I would definitely like to be out in the Bay Area eventually. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be there as soon as I graduate. Um, so I'm in a long-term relationship right now, and girlfriend's got to go to grad school, so we've got to we've got to figure out what. The plans are there, but um, you know, eventually I'll be out in Silicon Valley or San Francisco. So, and so uh, one last thing. So I noticed that uh, you you have you have a lot of friends on Twitter, and I, I think I follow a, a group of them. But I always see you kind of arguing with them, uh, <laughs> or, or or I think probably more correctly, having abuse heaped upon you by them. And we won't we won't mention any names, <clears throat> real Carl Adam or. <laughs> So how is that now? I assume it's all good natures and stuff, but my, my guess is that you know you you are still fairly young, um, and you you must have developed a, a bit of a thick skin, or am I just reading way too much into it? Um, I mean, Carl and I are friends, so like he teases me about my age, which is totally cool. Um, uh, whatever, like he's not going to stop, so there's nothing I can do about it. Doesn't really matter. Um, and then you, I, you mentioned John in the email. Jonathan, John, yeah. yeah, John White. Yeah. Uh, John and I worked together this summer, um, and I mean, I think John and I are pretty good friends. So we played pool every day, and I'm looking forward to playing pool with him next summer. So yeah, who who beat whom usually? Um, well, you can ask him that, but I, I came out on top most of the time. So you're what you're saying basically <laughs> on the air is that you could kick his butt any day of the week, and that if, if he's got something I, to I say, think, he'll I see think, you in the pool hall. The first few games, the first few games, uh, will be pretty interesting when we get back because both of them are both of us are pretty out of practice. Okay, Scotty, what have you to say for yourself? Yeah, I've just found this this interesting that um, it, it's yeah, I'm I'm questioning. Uh, the whole college thing. Yeah, I have teen, uh, you know, boys in their late teens and whatever, and they're questioning the whole college thing themselves. And so this is a sort of a conversation in the house. And you know, yeah, okay. I mean, I'd be interested, Randy. Yeah, how much, how much of what you've learned at college 
do you, I mean, let's forget what a degree is worth in, in, in job-wise and all that just for the moment. You know, how much of what you've learned in college could you have actually just learned if you just spent the same amount of time just sort of hacking, being on the internet, going to, you know, um, hackathons and, and, and whatever else? Do you, I mean, would you have been able to replace the education that you've purchased, um, you know, forgetting all the degree, value of degree stuff just by doing stuff? Um, I think, I think what I've, I, I mean, I, I think I definitely learned most of what I know on my own in college. Um, it, it's, it is sometimes interesting to like learn something and then a week later you go into class and like they talk about something. Um, but I don't know, like most of the time, everything that I learn is all my own at three in the morning while I'm hacking. Uh, you see, the reason so, I say this is I think that the future of the of the future, the interesting future of computer science and, and, and development, is with smaller companies, more dynamic companies, and you know the reality is, you know, many of these companies are started by people you know younger than Randy often, <laughs> you know who just get a good idea and do it, and yeah, it's going to come down to. You know the people they're going to employ are people who've shipped good stuff or demonstrated good stuff in this open source. And you know, are the future company owners in in the companies we care about, um, you know, going to really care about a college degree? I mean, if you want to go work corporate and work for some of these people, yeah, you do. I mean, that's that. I, you know, the world is so slow to change. That's not a, uh, um, any different. And so this whole, I mean, you know, let's not devalue the experience of college, full stop, and the social life and everything else. That will vary from college to college, um, and and I guess the the different things you do. But yeah, the, I'm really beginning to question the value of of certain you know, of college within certain um, industries, and and you know maybe it's a little bit early to be saying you don't need it because society's not quite ready. But I'm just wondering what value these things are going to have in ten years' time. So um, I think I, I posted a little bit on Hacker News one day um, when someone said he wanted to go to college. And he sounded a lot like me. Like I want to go to college to meet like-minded people. I want to go to college to like learn meet people who want to start a company. Uh, you know, similar ideas that I had when I went into college. Um, and like people ask me all the time, I was like, why don't you just drop out? Uh, why don't you go work for another company? And I mean, other than college is already paid for, um, but college gives me a lot of time to just sit there and do my own things. Um, and I can't say that I would have that same experience if I were working at another company right now, uh, you know, because you have IP issues, um, but you also have time issues. Like the thing that I learned when I was at Inkling is like I spent all day writing code at Inkling, and then I'd come home after a day's work, and I didn't feel like working anymore, which is really strange because, like, while I'm in school during my classes, when I'm like not necessarily paying full attention to the lecture. I'm sitting there writing code on my own project. And then I go home after class and I'm writing code again and I just write code like all the time. So, I mean, there's definitely a different atmosphere when I'm sitting, uh, like when I'm at school versus when I'm working, um, like in the industry. So, you know, there's that. Okay. I mean, that's, that, yeah, I think that's a really valid point. In fact, an incredibly valid point that, you know, you know, college life is so easy. You've actually got some energy to to do stuff outside of it, and work isn't. I mean, I'm not necessarily thinking that people just go get jobs because I mean, where are you going to get the skills from to get the jobs? But you know, um, yeah, I, I just look at a, a lot of the kids in this country, you know, who are who are sort of 
releasing stuff in in this industry and you know just thinking well you know you've just finished college you know you've you've invested um you know probably somewhere around sort of minimum of these days seventy eighty thousand dollars equivalent seventy thousand into you know your education um there and if you just invested that seventy eighty thousand dollars into yourself um and time and not having to go get the job and you know still living the student lifestyle but just spending the whole time working yourself would you have been any better off uh, so I'm not expecting you to necessarily like, answer that question. It's just a, it's a it's a, a statement okay. I throw out there in, in, in to be um, to be antagonistic to the status quo. Well, so th- this is the interesting thing. You know, uh, I didn't do, I didn't study computer science, and and it shows. Um, I you know if if people ask me, you know, what a, what, what the difference between the, the stack and a heap and what a B tree is, I can ba- vaguely know what it is. Um, I. I Learn to code just because I got frustrated trying to explain to somebody who did what I wanted, and then I discovered that you know writing computer, writing an Objective C is, is like writing poetry or composing a piece of music. It it is a creative act, and and you can learn the functions of it, you know the the, the parts of it, and, and uh, if, I think what was more important was to having a, a clear and clever idea. Um, but I, there are sometimes when I regret not having had that, and I understand completely that you know it is incredible expense to, to go to school. And I just can't help but think that by the time Ernest, you know, who's eight, is going to be in school, not that long from now, things are going to have to radically shift because it's economically untenable. And it's also kind of just inefficient if you consider that there are certain types of, of, of topics that probably can be very well taught in, in, in modern courseware and that you could change the, 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 the college experience to a combination of kind of self-directed learning but have the social component where you can get together, you can discuss, you can study, and you can have the time to, to experiment and do your old things and not basically end up you know, dollars $90,000 in debt, which is not all that uncommon, at least in the States, and even for people going to, to public schools, by the way. Um, something really will change, and, and the experiences of, of the Randys out there and, and, and their non-union equivalents in the U.K., will help bring about this change. I mean, uh, equally, I mean, there could be the argument that, okay, learn the computer science stuff in your spare time and take a degree in something else <laughs> that's going to help you, you know, uh, I mean, I, I dread to say business degrees because I think most of the business degrees out there are pretty corporate-based and, and, and trash anyway. Um, but, you know, maybe invest in, in, in areas of, of your degree that are going to supplement the things you can learn anyway. Anyway, that's, that's so, now. That's Curtis has an interesting. Sorry, so Curtis on the on, on chat has an interesting perspective. He says, "Well, okay, if you stay in college and learning it, you're you're kind of bling around yourself. And whereas if you were on the job, you could have senior people come in and and you from a more practical point of view. What do you say about that, Randy? Um. So, like a lot. So I, I when I say I learned on my own that's kind of not true um i learned a lot of things i learned a ton from cappuccino um francisco tomoski is smartest developers that i know and if i have a question i don't feel bad about going on like instant messaging and asking him a question like how does this work how does that work and he can usually give me a pretty decent answer um so and and at the same time, cappuccino is a very practical kind of thing because you know it is being used in businesses and it is being used in products. Um, 
so it's not purely academic there. Um, okay. I mean, I think the moral is like just surround yourself with really smart people and they're usually willing to help you. And, and I know a lot of people like Francisco has a computer science degree, um, but a lot of really, really smart developers don't. I mean, especially a lot of the older developers because computer science degrees didn't exist back then. So, you know, I don't I don't think you need a computer science degree. Um, but you can always learn from other people. And I think it's it's important to take advantage of that. Yeah, I, mean, I think, I mean, this isn't, to, I, mean, I think there are some real value in, in, in college and degrees, especially if you get some good lecturers and some, you, you pick the right classes. And I think the whole college experience, um, I guess it depends on you are, is, is not to be, um, uh, you know, dismissed. I mean, it's an awful part of, you know, especially as a young person, uh, you know, uh, growing up and, and, and learning lots about society during your college years and, you know, becoming, you know, radically politicised and all the rest of that stuff that goes with college, you know, depending on where you go, is, um, it, you know, and that's not, you know, that, as a, a life experience, I'm not dismissing it in any way at all. Um, but, yeah, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, you know, is this where something like things like Amsterdam or, or things that generate out of that come in the future that, you know, I want to learn this stuff, I want to be surrounded by people, I'm just going to go there for a year, I'm going to sit in the shared workspaces, I'm going to work on stuff, I'm going to learn from people around me, you know, and and you know, I'm going to get life experience. I'm going to get sort of social stuff, and and actually, you know, it's cost me half the price, and and and, and I've come out better. But anyway, let's let's not keep repeating myself. Um, John, I th- you know, if you've got anything you want to close with, I think we probably need to be starting to think about uh, wrapping up here. Um, yeah. But I don't know, you know, where you need to go. So I'm going to leave you to to do all that because you've done such an excellent, mm-hmm. such an excellent job, and I've enjoyed sitting here listening to the show with the chat room. Thank you. Well, you know, I. I, I, I thank Randy for coming on and and uh, because it, it, this is something very interesting to me just because I, I enjoy this unraveling this stuff and because I think it's an important topic um, and I would say that's a, that that's all I have to say on this I say that that you know if by chance you're listening to this and you're wondering about these yourself either because you're experiencing it because you are Randy's age and you're hovering around 13 14 wondering what to do with your life or you, you know, you are the, the the parent of somebody who's not who's going to be going to, to university in the not too distant future. Just realize there are different ways that you can do it. You may have an inkling that there's a different path you could take, um, and in, indeed, it is possible to do so, as Randy has proven to us. So, Randy, why don't you tell us how you can how people out there in the world can find out more about you? They want more, Randy. How can they be so lucky as to have it? If you want more Randy, the best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, my handle is me1000. Um, if you want to buy BugHub, which you probably should because it's great, uh, you can find BugHub at bughubapp.com. I've already watched it, by the way. You know, Before you came on, it's awesome, well. isn't it? It is great. Uh, there should be a new update today, which will be pretty pretty great. Uh, I'm, I'm told by people who use it that this update is a lot better than the first version. And I thought the first version was pretty good. So so it, it, it sucks 90% less. 90% less <laughs> exactly. sucks something. Okay, well, that's good. Exactly. Except except there is one bug that I found today, and I'm not, my app is already in review, so I'm not going to reject it. Uh, but it looks like any time you create a new issue with the app, it crashes. Oops. <laughs> All right. Scotty, so that'll be out. That, that, that bug fix will be out in a week. So, well, that, 
hopefully less time. Oh, but it's in Apple's hands right now. So, but you should right. spend far less time wasting coming in on these these kind of podcasts. And, and you should otherwise. <laughs> well, I could probably have it fixed in about an hour, but Apple's going to take a week to do it. So, and I think during this time, hopefully, you weren't you know d- dismissing what the, the lecturers were saying and, and, and working on other stuff. I hope we had your full attention. <laughs> Oh, I'm sitting in the back of class right now, and like everyone's looking at me. Pretty <laughs> I'll give them the finger on my behalf. <laughs> All right, Scotty, I'll leave you to take it away. Well, John, you t- tell us who you are first. Oh, well, I'm John Fox, and, and you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. And I even occasionally, once a year, as it seems, uh, blog about it at memoryminer.com slash blog. And on Twitter, you can find me as Djembe, D-G-E-M-B-E, uh, D-J, sorry, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next show. Excellent. Thank you very much, John, for um, uh, running today's show. Um, you did an excellent job. I can take a few weeks off and just leave it to you, I think. I, that's, that sounds very, yeah, very, very well, tempting. <laughs> no, don't, make the, don't, don't be fooled by what Randy said, or, or actually take to heed what he said. Surround yourself by smart people and, and fire me. <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt me, don't tempt me. My name is Scotty, I'm from iDeveloper TV. Um, give us some feedback on this show. Uh, give us feedback on the show in general, um, on iTunes, please. Um, that would be really useful. Um, yeah, it, 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 I like feedback on iTunes to be about the show in general as opposed to specific episodes, because we, we appreciate that every episode isn't going to please every person. Um, I've really enjoyed, I know this is sort of, you know, some people are saying, well, that wasn't a better framework or anything today, but... Yeah, our, our idea is to be a developer magazine and just to cover lots of stuff, you know, from different frameworks to just being a developer, making choices as being a developer. Um, now, you know, we want you to feedback and, and, and let us know what you think about shows like this one and, and some of the other ones we do about business and, and whatever else so that we can sort of shape the magazine. I mean, we're not going to narrow it down. If you're just going to say, well, just do tech. I'm sorry, folks, you're not going to get it because I want this to be a wide ranging show. But yeah, we do want to hone that wide-ranging stuff. So send us some feedback. Um, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, support at iDeveloper.tv. If it's about a specific show, if it's a general comment about the uh, the show, then it would be fantastic if we put it on iTunes because that really just helps the rankings. Um, did I say who I was? Yeah, I'm Scotty. I'm from iDeveloperTV. Uh, it's a public holiday here. I almost forgot it's a public holiday. I've run into the studio to do the show. I have no music queued up. I have nothing. So it's going to go to that... Uh, silence of the internet from the moment we go off air. Not even going to get the 70s porn music, but it will be back next week. So until next time, you all take care.